So welcome back again to the MongoDB podcast. We do appreciate you listening. We are very glad to have you back. My name is Shane McAllister. I'm on the developer advocacy team here at MongoDB. And once again, I'm not alone. I'm joined by Cedric, who's one of our 120 interns or so here at MongoDB. How are you, Cedric? Hey, Shane. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Good, good, good. You, so you're you're past the halfway point in your internship of MongoDB. How is it all going? It's hard for me to believe that we're already past this halfway point because now it's uh, mid-July mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, it's gone by really fast. Uh, there's been a lot of learning, so I've really enjoyed that. My developer hub articles are finally in the in the, you know the final review stage before they get published online, and it's actually pretty busy, pretty busy around the office. So we're in the middle of Skunk Works which is MongoDB's version of like a hackathon, but more relaxed and, you know, takes about a week. So have you been able to participate in Skunkworks before? Before, yes. I'm, I'm not doing this one, unfortunately, but um, I have done them before. And it's a superb opportunity um, to take a break from the normal day-to-days and, you know, kill all those meetings <laughs> that recur every week and take some time out to collaborate and work across departments and with people you wouldn't usually work with. So I had a superb time in the previous ones I did um, and learned a lot. And, you know, it's it's invaluable, really. You think it's a week out of your work, but in fact, the I suppose the network and the collaboration that you have and the things that you learn outside of your normal day-to-days are more than worth it. So so um, I'm delighted you're participating. What are you doing for Skunk Works, so Cedric? So, uh, you know, you wouldn't believe it, but I'm actually working on something related to the podcast. Something <laughs> related to the podcast. Who'd, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Well, I, I, I think you got to, you know, stay with your domain knowledge, right? So I, I very much look forward to see what you come out and, and, and build within the, within the Skunk Works week. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, we've also got, as we've been doing, a recording from the show floor at MongoDB World. So mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and uh, play that, let you guys listen to uh, another one of the attendees talking about what he enjoyed at World. Uh, I'm here with Hara from Pioneer. And we're wondering, uh, what are you most excited for at the MongoDB World Conference in 2022? Well, we're excited about the six uh, version six uh, announcements, uh, mainly regarding the column store indexes and stuff related to time series. Uh, I think that would be a great improvement, a great great features that we could use in theory. We're also excited about uh, the new performance in all sorts of areas and uh, in general about the new features. Okay, so today's episode is another episode in our podcast that we recorded at MongoDB World back in June. Um, This time, it's an interesting interview with Simpka Coleman, who's the head of engineering from Inspirit. Inspirit create virtual worlds for learning and education. And I know myself, as a parent of three children who live their lives digitally, it's super frustrating to see 
this not applied to their learning. They spend forever in the digital universe and the digital world, be it games and apps, etc. as well too. But, you know, well, here in Ireland where I live, uh, it's still very much textbooks for all of your learning. So, you know, to me, 3D learning environments are probably very natural to the digital natives as my children are. Um, and using interactive, immersive learning um, can bring even the most mundane topics to life. So this episode, super interesting. So I think you tune in and let's hear from Mike Lynn once again and Simka from the show floor at MongoDB World and what they had to discuss. I am Simcha Coleman, um, and I'm the head of engineering for InSpirit. We are building the metaverse for education. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show and welcome to the conference. Uh, so I want to start by asking you, before we get into, into InSpirit, I want to ask you about what you're excited about today at the conference. What I'm excited about today, I am excited to be in the presence of industry leaders, people who are at the forefront of the, the boom in technology that we, we see today, specifically regarding the way we handle data and just being able to hear and learn from that vast array of knowledge that they, they come with. Yeah, and it's great to be in person, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. I remember, was it last year or two years ago? I participated in MongoDB World virtually, so. Okay. It's uh, it's my first time in person, and yeah. it's uh, quite an experience. Truly is. I mean, I, obviously, the, the in person, you get so many more data points if I, <laughs> if I relate it to technology. Um, okay, so I want to learn about InSpirit, and I want the listeners to understand exactly what InSpirit is all about. Tell us about the business. Sure. So, historically, we've had different forms of teaching material. Typically, that's been confined, well, let's say, within the classroom. Typically, that's been in the form of a textbook or a teacher lecturing besides that with the textbook uh, using Google Slides, using all these other various forms of teaching material. So with InSpirit, we're trying to take it to the next level. We recognize that learning outcomes through 2D material, which would be like your textbook, is not necessarily as effective as, say, 3D. So we're basically taking education to the next level, creating this metaverse um, where teachers will be able to create worlds where they can teach um, using the variety of 3D material that we're providing to them um, and that they will also create in the future. And this way, they can engage the student and basically facilitate those learning outcomes that they so desire. Um, students love it. They love learning in a 3D world, in a world that's very similar to their um, to the gaming world, something that they're used to. And it's it's also very different. I mean, when you look at a uh, you, know, you look at a process in a textbook, um, you have to follow the entire path, and there's just so much going on. It's so distracting. There's a lot of different things, but you're not actually there. Just take like a eukaryotic cell, right? Understanding what that looks like, looking at it under a microscope. All right, that's cool, right? But being able to go inside of that cell and actually seeing the process in action, um, such as like you know how the cell, the, the different types of elongation and different different types of processes that are going on in that uh, in the cell, it's being able to be there while it happens is mm. something that like you can't do unless you're like the magic school bus. You know, I don't know if you remember the cartoons <laughs> or you I just you fly into the into the into the little into the process of the microscopic processes. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give. We're trying to bring that excitement, bring that passion back to education mm. in a way where students are familiar with in a way that also helps teachers build those curriculums and build those those tools to facilitate that learning mm. so, yeah. fantastic it's an exciting it's an exciting space and and I can imagine you know just with the additional level of 
of detail you can accomplish. I mean, a picture is worth a thousand words, and you're literally immersing students in, I would say, a thousand pictures per second. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're truly immersed in three D, it's not just a picture. I mean, it's something that you can interact with, something that you can actually you can be part of the process, and that's something that looking at a picture, you you have to use your imagination to, as if you're there. But now you're actually there. Yeah, I want to ask about the data and the and the technology because we've got developers listening and they're probably thinking about how this relates to MongoDB. But before I go there, I, I want to ask, now you mentioned biology, and I would imagine that's a perfect, perfect subject matter. Do you think that your technology is specifically suited, well-suited for that topic versus others? So I think that there's, there's really no limit to how interactive uh, one can, even the most mundane topics, I mean, math is not mundane, but it can feel that way to um, students who are maybe, maybe not as into it as others. But there's ways that one can get creative and figure out how to turn those those numbers on a paper into something interactive, something where you actually you feel it and you're you're in it and you're doing it, um, versus just you know using a paper, a scratch pad, and just writing all those notes out. Mm. So I think that you're right that for STEM education, that's probably a perfect candidate uh, for this platform. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other applications um, and other ways that you can get creative and really transform the way that some of these other topics are traditionally taught. Yeah. So when I immerse myself in a game, when I'm using goggles, it is overwhelming sometimes, the, the amount of data that's pouring into my senses. Do you feel like it might be distracting to some personality types to be, to, to be trying to learn in that environment? It may be. Um, it's always something that when it comes to the virtual reality realm, that's something that we need to consider. There's, it's, it's important to build out a product that could facilitate that. I know that, for example, with Horizon Worlds now, there's ways that you can completely isolate yourself from um, the, the world space if, if you feel overwhelmed or if, let's say, you wanted to just kind of just be by yourself for a few minutes. So there's, there's ways that um, you could facilitate that and build that into the platform um, where you kind of can dull the noise that's going on around you. That would be something that's very prevalent probably in, in, in VR specifically. Our platform, while it also we also have a VR platform using Oculus goggles for now um, and more to come, we also want to have, have this uh, built out on the web so that everyone can access it. You don't necessarily need to be, you, ha you don't have to, have to have a pair of goggles uh, for you to partake. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. And obviously the, the world's, are colliding. I mean, met, the metaverse is coming. I mean, games are are cropping up in dif disparate spaces and then slowly creeping toward this unified metaverse. Will in spirit participate in that? So, I mean, what is the metaverse, right? Yeah. That's that's the real question, right? I mean, the metaverse is defined by the various creators who create it, and so we we talk about the metaverse in a singular. Uh, sense, but it's truly, it's really not that. I mean, there will be some big players who will try to take over, quote unquote, the metaverse, right? Or they'll rename their company to Metaverse. <laughs> um, and, you know, they'll try to own that. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, the metaverse is just an extension of humankind. And it's, it's so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're participating in the, in the metaverse, sure. But we're also trying to give people the ability to participate in the metaverse on their own. So let's say a teacher should be able to go into, quote unquote, the metaverse and build out a curriculum in the metaverse. Um, and so it's not about 
the metaverse per se. It's more about the teacher using the technology that exists to facilitate those learning outcomes that they so desire. And I think from a from a, a company producing technology, I think it's only smart to think about you know, making your technology available on the larger platform. So as as Meta produces their version of the metaverse and maybe Google or Microsoft or whoever. So so you're looking at you're you've got an eye toward making in spirit uh, able to participate in in the various types of technology. Sure. Out there. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Absolutely. That's great. So I do want to talk a little bit about the technology. You're obviously using MongoDB uh, to store some of the data. Do you want to talk about the stack? Sure. So we, we have our website, right, which is primarily we're using a TypeScript. We, use a Go, we have a Golang backend. But what's more interesting, I think, is the, is the technology we're using for creating these 3D experiences. And so for that, we're using Unity, uh, the Unity engine. And the reason why we went with that is because you know, one of the primary focuses that we're, we, we, we want to accomplish is we, we want this to be cross-platform. We don't want this to just si- simply be a VR-based experience. So with Unity, we have the ability to build out these complex worlds, essentially, and we can export them to, let's say, WebGL. Uh, we can export them to as an Oculus application. They can be a regular desktop application. So it gives us that flexibility as well to build out an application that is cross-platform, and therefore more people can access it around the world. You know, in certain countries where maybe internet's not as fast or technology is not as uh, accessible, this can enable a teacher to kind of leave their, their the four walls of their classroom and go into a new world. And so that's something that being cross-platform would enable us to facilitate that. So, so tell me about the the authoring capabilities. What does that look like? Is is it something that a teacher that's not familiar with VR uh, can wrap their their head around? Yeah, absolutely. So the the goal is to make it to, to our platform. We want it to be as as customizable as possible, but also being user friendly. So right now we have this concept called spirits, um, and a spirit is basically your three D classroom. And in this spirit, you have the ability to basically build a classroom with the vari- variety of three D content, such as simulations, three D models, and all other types of content that we're going to continuously be releasing as time goes by. And a teacher doesn't necessarily have to be so technologically savvy. All you have to do is just simply log in. You create a a classroom, essentially, and you have a 3D space presented in front of you where you can place those 3D models and 3D experiences right there. And then you can just quickly click with a click of a button, you're in to your 3D space and you can basically teach your class minutes later. So Wow. Okay. Terrific. And Tell me about the assistance that you're offering folks. Obviously, there's a there's an entire world of models that already exist. Are you making some sort of library available to to folks so they can they can get a quick start on creating sure. educational material? Yeah. So I mean, part of what we're doing right now is compiling a, a vast library. We have thousands and thousands of 3D models. We have tens of simulations that are full-fledged, highly high-quality simulations that uh, teach specific lessons that we feel and that we've, by re- through research, have determined are very in demand. And as time goes by, our goal is to really lean into that, like the, the creative part of it, to allow people to build out that content themselves, create this flywheel of sorts, and allow people to basically build out all that content on their own and publish to our platform. Think of it like a Quizlet. Think of it like any of these other um, platforms that allow people to create and share. So what will be the business model? The business model. 
the big the, the million dollar question <laughs> right. right the one that the one that uh, gets the investors interested yeah um, I think the business model is we need to pr- we, we're showing that there's value to, to teachers teachers want to they want to learn and stu- they want to teach and students want to learn and I think time will tell where that um, where the where the money comes from but that I, I think that that's it's important for the investors, but it's a, but it's also important as a company for us to really look at what the te- what the students and teachers want, especially in a space such as this where it's so new. We don't want to come to any. We don't want to assume anything. And so once we determine what that looks like for the teacher, who's getting the most value, how we can monetize it in a way that doesn't take away from the overall experience, that's something that we'll we'll consider. So yeah, terrific. And you're working with MongoDB. Are you working with the startup team? So yeah, I'm working with the startup team. Okay, yeah. awesome. And and how has that been? What kind of assistance have they provided? And and what advice might you have for someone in similar shoes starting a business? Sure. So I mean, first of all, MongoDB has MongoDB Atlas particularly has been invaluable. I mean, being able to spin up you know a cluster and just have your database managed for you in the cloud is something that um, when you're working on a small team and you 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 really you need you need that speed and flexibility. Um, that's where that's where MongoDB has been. Just a tremendous help. I think one of the one of the things mentioned that Dev mentioned during the keynote was this idea of this idea of flexibility that MongoDB provides. And I think that there's like two approaches. Like there's the on the one hand you want flexibility, but on the other hand one might say that well hey just design it really well to start off with and then you'll be good to go. Why do you need flexibility? Flexibility sure, but just do, design it really well. Like don't why are you designing it in a way where you need to be flexible in the future? But the reality is, is that it never ends up being that way. I mean, you can think all you want and you can believe all you want that you've planned for the future, but even six months down the line, especially when you're in a startup, it's just not going to be the case. You're going to shift, and we've shifted numerous times, not necessarily from a product vision, but from a stack perspective and just figuring out how we're going to handle the, all that data and handle and how we're going to, what kind of interactions we're going to offer to users. I mean, so it's been invaluable having that that flexibility that MongoDB, MongoDB provides. Um, and the startup team just helps helps us bridge that gap between the MongoDB as like a company, as a publicly traded company, which is, you know, it's a huge, huge company, and us as a small startup that's, you know, trying to make it in this big world. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great to have good partners and, and MongoDB always wants to be uh, supporting folks like yourself that are, that are doing really valuable, interesting work. So Simca, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Are we at time? Uh, is, uh, no, we, have, we do have more time. I do want to ask you, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Anything else I'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think that, as a side thing, I think that in, in the current times that we're in, we saw a lot of changes to the, to the education landscape, you know, with hybrid learning, completely remote learning. InSpirit is kind of, we're here at this time where things are shifting. They're shifting dramatically. And we don't necessarily know where they're going to go, but our goal at InSpirit is to really build a platform that can survive both the fully, you know, remote learning uh, system, hybrid, or even completely in-person. And so I guess, yeah, just uh, even though things change and things are constantly changing and it's unpredictable and we don't know what the future holds, stay strong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Great advice. Simka, thank you. Thank you. That was a superb interview. I say that all the time, but I, I really do mean it uh, on this. I love what they're building. Um, I love that they're building on Unity and somewhat selfishly as a developer advocate for Realm. Uh, here at MongoDB, we have a Realm SDK 
for Unity. And I am not sure if they're getting to use that yet, but I would certainly love uh, to see that as a possibility in the future. Most particularly for me, and at the end, he touched on hybrid learning, um, which, you know, certainly has become to the fore post-COVID and certainly during COVID. And I know that Back then, I certainly would have liked my three kids to be doing that at the height of homeschooling. I could have probably learned an awful lot of this well, too. I had to keep ahead of them <laughs> two or three pages in the book. Anyway, that was superb from Inspirit um, and Simca. So you can check them out at inspiritvr.com. Anything to add, Cedric? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's one of those things that I kind of see coming up very soon. You know, I remember Mm -hmm. starting school with almost no computers in the classroom. We were using (laughs) floppy disks, big old V, uh, you know, desktops with uh, Microsoft XP. Was it that? (laughs) At least you had computers in school, Cedric, and floppy disks. I think I was, I had, I think we had two computers in the whole school with a nice large five and a quarter inch drive and you had to book your 30 minute slot so uh no very different (laughs) oh my gosh i guess i was spoiled um but at the point of graduating a little bit at the point of graduating we had every student had a chromebook and so you know seeing that kind of increase in technology in only a few years you know i think we're not too far away from this kind of mainstream adoption of of using 3d stem education and honestly i'm very excited for it So Mm -hmm, remember, mm -hmm. as always, links are in the show notes. And also, please remember to review and subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode from MongoDB World. So for me, Cedric Clyburn. And me, Shane McAllister. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you all soon.